This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day. Welcome to Keep It Simple, a weekly internet talk show featuring Pastor Xavier Reese and the Ministry of Calvary Chapel in Pasadena, California. With us in the studio today, Pastor Xavier, how are you doing, sir? Good, Tony. How's everything? Really good. Really good. Glad to have you back in the studio after the beginning of the year. We also have our production engineer, Jonathan Duran. Good morning or evening, wherever you're at. <laughs> Myself, Pastor Tony Scotty. We have a couple of special guests with us today in the studio. Uh, minister people who are actually involved in the ministry here at Calvary Pasadena. Our sister, Rebecca Volos. Hello, good morning. Amen. And our brother from the fellowship here, Eric Roeg. Hey, good morning. Glad you guys could make it in today. Eric and Rebecca are both part of a team of people involved in some really interesting ministry opportunities coming up in the next few weeks we want to spend some time talking about. Pastor X, you know, as I know as you do, you know, we all feel really blessed and privileged to be involved with the fellowship here in Pasadena. And there are a large number of people from the church fellowship that are involved in practical ministry activities week by week by week in all kinds of different areas. Yeah. And uh, how fortunate, is that normal? Um, well, you know, the body is supposed to function like that, but it doesn't always do so. And uh, we've been blessed by God to be able to um, instruct the people the Word of God and people who are doers of it. They get involved and they catch the vision. Um, you can teach people all kinds of things about ministry and Christianity. It doesn't mean it's going to follow. Uh, head knowledge and um, a heart knowledge is two different things. It's as their relationship grows with Jesus Christ and that uh, intellectual knowledge is transferred to a living relationship and they understand their accountability to God, responsibility for all that He's done for them. Never in any sense of that we're going to pay Him back because we can never do that. But the understanding and the full awareness that um, I, I have been saved, I've been delivered, and everything that I know and have is because of what He did. And so it's really a response of love and gratitude to the Lord and knowing that He does own us, He's our Redeemer, and that um, whatever we may do in this life, whether it be in um, our profession or our marital status or whatever economics and that, um, those are all just minor variables. The most important thing is our relationship with Jesus Christ, that He's wrecked and guide us. And then that, all those things, as Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, He says, uh, you know, all these things the Gentiles seek after. Mm-hmm. Um, but He says, you seek the kingdom of God first and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. It doesn't mean that He's going to make us wealthy. It doesn't mean that we're going to have everything. It doesn't mean we're never going to have problems. It means that God understands my life from the beginning to the end. He understands what's going to be best for me. He knows what I need. He knows when I need it. And so I want to align myself with Him. Um, I wish I could say that I've hit it 100% in the last 44 years. I'm sure I haven't. None of us do, but that's what we're to strive to every day. And, um, and God is gracious and He's merciful and He's sufficient for our failures. Um, so we look to Him, and that's when people catch that vision, they understand that. Then they they become the church. They don't just go to church. Mm-hmm. And, and so if people important. are 
really following the Lord, yes, they're yes. going to be moved yes. inside. Yes, and they'll be very grateful for the pastor, for the elders, for the location sure. that God has brought them to and what's going on. But they're not following the pastor. They're not following the movement. They're not following location. They're following what the Lord Jesus Christ is directing them to do. And that's the most important. You know, with this thought in mind, we kind of live in, at least here in the United States, we live in the era of the megachurch. Yeah. And where, you know, churches of over a thousand people become pretty common. Do you think that uh, people being involved, being individually plugged into ministry, is that more common in a megachurch or is it more common in a smaller church situation? Or does it really matter? I think the proportions, you know, if you look at the involvement of people, certainly in a bigger church, it's easier to hide. Um, in a smaller church, you're more accountable. Um, the body can break down a little more. You get to know people a little better. It doesn't mean that you cannot know people as well in a big church if you put the effort into it and understand what the scriptures. The problem is the human tendency of our sinful nature is to seclude ourselves to a smaller group or to, or even fall back into the tendencies of our sinful nature. Those who are good looking, those who have the, the cars, the clothes, and we start living like the world within the church and, and it becomes worldly. So it's a constant examining yourself to, Lord, am I pleasing you? Lord. Am I being your child? Am I doing what I'm supposed to do and seeking you and reaching out to others? Am I being real? Am I um, being transformed more and more? Amen. So, you know, we don't want to just say that mega churches are all bad or, or, or less effective. Certainly they will have more finances to be able to reach out. Mm -hmm. Especially one of the problems with churches is that there's always the the pressing of money right which is really uh, um, um, really a negative thing it's a terrible mark against the church in the Western world Jesus says um, that he would provide for his church yeah. that um, he would build his church and and so if you teach the Word of God then that's good but if in a bigger church you do have the ability to do more things with more people but I think if you take the proportion the percentage of people, I think probably people in smaller churches are more involved, hmm. um, without doubt. And so it's an interesting phenomenon. Amen. Now, Eric and Rebecca, you two are both involved in different areas of ministry activity. Uh, the reason that we've really asked you to be here to come to the broadcast today is that both of you are preparing with a whole bunch of other people in a team for a ministry to the Philippine Islands coming up. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And when, you, when exactly are you taking off? We're leaving this Sunday. Okay, this Sunday, which is going to be uh, January 14th. 14th. That's right. Mm -hmm. And you'll be flying from here to Taipei and then from Taipei to Manila. Mm -hmm. This is the first time you guys are going? This will be my third time, but she's been a lot more than I have. Yeah, okay. this will be my fifth time. Okay, so you guys have you know, all that's gone on. It's great. Yeah. How many people are going along with you all together? Any idea? We were talking about this earlier. Yeah, I think 14 on our flight, and there's going to be at least three people there already. Yeah. yeah. So, big awesome. group. Yeah. Awesome. Good, yeah. good flight. And are all the people like you guys, veterans, who have been there before? I think so. I think a majority of them. Most of the team has been there before, yeah. Just a handful haven't been there, but I would say the majority. So. And have you guys been there uh, all of those times with Calvary Chapel Pasadena? 
Like uh, year five and year three, or no? Yeah, I've been there three times. The first time I went with Pastor Tony three years ago. Okay, Calvary Chapel. Okay, so yeah. and I had gone with my home church, which was Calvary Chapel High Desert. Okay, um, like four years ago. Okay, cool. That's good. Now I was I went with you as you mentioned three years ago in January 2015. Yes, we went to the island of Samar and did some ministry over there. It's pretty fascinating. Very different environment from Manila to the islands, don't you think? Yes. Yeah, what, what was most striking to you about that? I mean, when we landed, we landed in Tacloban, and then we was about eight, nine-hour drive to get to uh, what was going to be our headquarters for that for that part of the missions trip. <laughs> That's right. And so it, it took a little bit of time, but it was very very remote. And uh, did you meet uh, Pastor Jerry Brown when you were over there, Eric? Yes. You have yes. opportunity. Jerry was very very busy. He was with us for about a day. He's a great guy. Yes, he is. We've actually tried to get him on the broadcast here with us a couple of times, but uh, he just got back recently from Africa. Right. And uh, so we're interested to talk to him about that ministry. But wow, I just had an amazing time and, um, to see the work. That the Lord and you made. Did you go anywhere? You didn't go to Samar. I did actually. The first time I went, we went right after the typhoon. Okay. So we stayed at where you guys had stayed. It's so funny because um, the first connection that I had with Calvary Chapel Pasadena was I met some missionaries and they had been to the Philippines with you guys and I just knew the same people that they knew. I visited the same places that they had visited. So did the group that you were with, did they do like construction and stuff? Because I know after the typhoon in 2004, it was a huge, huge mess over there. Yeah, we did actually. um, When we were in Samar, we did a little bit, help them reconstruct their Bible college down there. And then... That would be 2014. mm -hmm, And then we had visited another (laughs) island where there's, um, we know some other missionaries (coughs) and they had actually just had an earthquake. And so we were doing some relief for them uh, as well, too. They had a big typhoon this past year. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, when you go to areas like that, as we've been in, in different occasions, it's just as devastating, just the, uh, the destruction that takes place and the human need that goes on. And uh, uh, certainly it's always exciting when God opens those doors and God's people respond and those are the touches they go and they minister. And really that's what it's about. Like, you know, God sent His only Son you know, to this world uh, as a missionary. Yeah. I mean, he's That's the greatest right. missionary in, in the world. You know, he came to a place that's dead in trespasses and sins, full of darkness, that he might rescue, redeem, and be able to allow them to live abundantly. You know what I mean? Amen. That's what we are. We're the extension of the Lord's hands. And he lived among the people right there. Yes, he did. absolutely. It's fascinating. When we visited over there, Xavier, one of the pastors in one of the smaller, newer churches, this guy... There was a 10-foot storm surge. There was 10 feet of water everywhere throughout this town. And this guy swam from place to place to place, saving people and their families and their children. It was just amazing. And I just thought about what an open door that has given him as a servant of Christ. You know, because yeah. I mean, these people look at him, and he, I mean, he's like a hero in that community because of the work that he did. Pretty amazing. Really exciting. We had we spoke earlier, Rebecca. You were actually involved with the team that helped build the church in Tacloban, right there. Yeah, the first time I visited Tacloban, um, it was right after the typhoon, and um, they had no electricity. The airport was a mess, and so um, the following year, at the beginning of the year, we went back, 
and U Turn for Christ had um, recommended a pastor from there, somebody who'd recently graduated, and so we were helping him get set up. And we actually helped build the church that you guys visited. A Amen. Bit later we, on. we got to have pictures of all of us there. You probably have pictures of yourself there also. <laughs> yeah. You know, we talk about this typhoon. You know, people don't realize there are huge ships in the middle of town. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's bizarre. You know, and they're in the process wow. of cutting them up and trying to take them away for scrap. Right. But they can't move them. Yeah. It, it's just wild. Now, um, Eric, did you have any history with the Philippines or Filipino people prior to the trip that we took? I did not, no. I just had friends that I knew here growing up. How, I'm curious, has your perspective of Filipino people changed because of your time over there? Um, well, I never thought too much about them, particular as a group. Um, uh-huh. you know, most of my friends were Americanized, so I saw them as like myself. But uh, yeah. definitely, like when I go over there, they're, it reminds me a lot of Mexico. You know, very nice, mm-hmm. very humble mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I'm very hospitable and uh, very family oriented. Very family oriented. See, I always had the opinion that, for instance, like Filipinos are largely involved in healthcare industry, a lot of nursing and a lot of uh, convalescent ministry activity. Mm -hmm. And I always thought, well, you know, they probably do that because it's just an easy opportunity for them to get certified to do those jobs in the U.S. And so it's an easy in. But my, my perspective has really changed. I really think Filipinos are involved in those industries because they really love to take care of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's just part of who, yeah. the mm-hmm. national character. Yeah. The culture and the family has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, as we look to our world today, um, one of the big things that has taken place tragically um, in the last 12 years uh, exponentially just at lightning speed is this political correctness mm-hmm. that... Um, excludes a lot of good things as stereotyping and stuff like that because there are cultures and people that it's not a matter of being prejudiced against them it's acknowledging who they are how they conduct themselves in society by their culture some are bad some are good sure. but it's yeah. a, it, it's true the culture of the Filipinos of the Mexicans or Europeans or, or the black community here in America, mm-hmm. different from the black community abroad in Europe, Ethiopia, stuff like that. Yeah. So the culture has a lot to do with people's perspective, worldview, um, family view. And of course, when you remove um, ethics and morality, objective truth, then a society begins to decay more and more. Right. In these societies, though, the progressive liberalness has swept the globe. Mm-hmm. There are still cultures that hang on to those priorities of family and care and compassion. And, and, and that's part of the culture. Amen. When you remove morality, right. you lose the family right away. Absolutely. That's it. Yes. And that's what we're seeing here in the West, yes. unfortunately, Very for us. Um, I wanted to ask... You know, none of us are really experts about the ministry in the Philippines. But if you had to offer an observation, you've been there three times, mm-hmm. uh, and you've been there five. You know, you're you're better versed than anybody in this room. What do you think about the progress of the gospel in the Philippines Island from your observations? What you're able to see? Well, I see a, a culture that seats open to it. You know, they don't have a lot of barriers right now, mm-hmm. um, so it's. And the people had, being so nice and open and hospitable, it gives you an opportunity to share. Right. You know, I remember last year, 
um, people would invite us into their home. We were in some small island, can't remember exactly where it was, but, uh, you know, you're kind of like going to villages to villages sharing the gospel, and people would actually, you know, they'd let you go inside to their little home and, and share the gospel. And, it, you know, you think about that here, and that would never happen. Even for someone who's a Christian, it, sure. you have that, that, that barrier, that wariness. Yes. And over there, it wasn't like that. So um, I think as of right now, at least, there's a lot of opportunity and, and a lot of doors that are open um, to share the gospel. Yeah. Rebecca, you've done a lot of ministry in Mexico as well yes. through the years. How would you compare ministry in the Philippines with the ministry in Mexico? Um, I think, like Eric said, the two cultures are very similar. But I see that the Filipino people, I think, especially after all the disasters and everything that they've experienced, they're very open because, um, you know, they're steeped in the Catholic religion. And I think they're just looking for something else, something more personal. And when we share the gospel, I see that people are very, very receptive in the Philippines. Amen. Yeah. That's and there's a lot of connection there historically, too, because Spain mm -hmm. is the one who uh, came into the islands and, mm -hmm. and took over the islands. And the same in Mexico and, you know, the Spaniards went all over the world. Um, and so there's that connection that... Um, that, that you have there from the Philippines also to the Mexican community and Latin America to an extent, but more so Mexico. You know, when, when we have an opportunity and um, the, in a missions ministry, you're looking for open doors. Where can we go and share the gospel and it's going to be effective? Where can people from our church travel? And this is a short-term mission. You, you folks can be gone for two weeks and you're going to be working like dogs every single day. I'm sorry, hate to say that, but we're going to wear you out and uh, take total advantage of you. And you guys are going to be ministering. And we expect you to come back with a wealth of encouragement for the people in the body here. And generally speaking, that's what happened. We've we've gone to Russia. We've gone to Mexico continually to uh, Nicaragua, Central America, and numerous other places. Pastor Xavier goes to Colombia just about every year. Um, it's a window of opportunity. You know, for years, we went five, six years, we went to Russia, and there were really huge open doors, and things just changed yeah. dramatically. Mm -hmm. And as open as the Filipino people are to the gospel today, we have no guarantee. The political situation could change that. You know, the political change. Yeah. It doesn't have to be uh, the people of the country the political situation could make it impossible for us. So it's really like a, just a really rare opportunity for you folks to be able to go over there and to do the ministry that you do. We're really grateful. Um, one of the places that you're going to, and I don't know, we didn't mention it yet, is an uh, island called Bacalod. And you guys are going to be traveling there actually on the, uh, on the 16th, I guess. You'll be traveling over, which is as soon as you arrive, mm -hmm. because you lose a day when you're traveling from the uh, west to the or to the east to the far east. And uh, actually, I just saw an email that says they're inviting you to do ministry in public schools. And neither one of you have had an opportunity before. No, no, we have not. But you know, it's a good thing. It doesn't surprise me. Sure. Like we talked about earlier, how the culture is very open to hearing uh, the gospel and not barriers up. Very mm -hmm. different from here. Now, Rebecca, you mentioned earlier that you have some friends who are missionaries and they have experience with ministering. What did they say? 
Yeah, they're involved with the Gideons International, and so the public schools actually invite them to come uh, give Bibles to the students, and they find that, you know, the country is very receptive, especially, you know, the public schools with the kids, and that they're very excited to receive Bibles. Wow, that's, you know, in Pastor X, we used to hear that about uh, ministry in, in, for instance, in Bulgaria right. and in Eastern Europe, yeah. right after the fall of the Soviet Union, Christians were invited into public schools to yeah. do evangelism. Yeah. Yeah, we've been in Peru and other places where we're able to go into schools, share the gospel and all that, um, you know, um, Mexico, different things. But it seems if you tried that in the United States, they'd throw you in jail. And it's hard to believe that um, a nation that began with such a biblical foundation, not to say that um, we are a Christian nation, but we are a nation that is ruled by the Christian Judeo principles and laws that come from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so for the most part, the foundation of our nation is based upon Christianity. And because of that, we have been able to experience freedom of speech, freedom to live as we want, uh, have choices, uh, be a people of, of law. Um, and uh, we have um, reaped the benefits of that. But as we've moved away from that, um, and it's happened very quickly, because we're a fairly young country. Um, you know, uh, 1976 was 200 years. So we're a baby compared to other civilizations and other nations to an extent. And yet we see how fast um, through the last 50, 60 years of deterioration because of um, the indoctrination of humanism and moving away from objective truth, right and wrong. Um, you can't say it's right to kill somebody um, in this time, but then at other times it isn't. Now, there's a difference between killing and defending yourself. The Bible speaks against murder. So even when a nation goes out to war to defend its people and its boundaries, it is to defend themselves. It isn't an intent to go out and take a life, just take a life. That's different. So when the Bible and the Ten Commandments says, I shall not uh, murder, kill but it's really murder okay that is against the scriptures to defend yourself you're walking down the street someone assaults you you defend yourself your intent is not to do any malice to them but simply defend yourself but you're put in a position where that may happen then just that's justifiable homicide Amen. that's defending yourself so that's all based on the scriptures you have that in deuteronomy you have that in in Exodus, you have, you know, if a guy's out there and he's whacking away the tree with an axe and the head flies off and hits the guy and he kills him. Well, you know, God had um, refuge cities, three on the east, three on the west, and they were to flee right away there for safety until they can gather the judges and the evidence. And if they find out that it was an accident, then the man was released and free to live on. But there was the kinsman redeemer, the blood redeemer that would go, had the obligation to take that man's life. So he had to run as fast as he could to get to that refuge city. And once they were tried, if he was found innocent, if that kinsman redeemer related to the person who died ever took their life or attempted to kill him, then they would try him for murder. Mm-hmm. Amen. So... And he had to remain if he was found guilty, um, or not guilty, but if he was there, he had to stay till the death of the high priest. Mm-hmm. 
Which is interesting. An interesting variable. That could be in 50 years. That could be in five years. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. But once again, when you you look to the the laws of Western civilization, they Mm -hmm. come from the Bible. Amen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But now we have watered everything down and moving more into socialism and Marxism and liberalism and humanism. Mm -hmm. And it's everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes and right. it, 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 it implodes society it, it crushes the family and culture it's really fascinating pastor x how that as a culture of people sincerely apply the ideas that come from the bible in terms of applying them in civil uh, authority they really work. Yes. They really work. They protect society. Yeah. And as you said, you know, the shift to humanism where the absolute authority becomes, well, what do you think? I don't know. What do you think? You know, we just, we're going to take a vote here and whatever we decide, that's the rule. Sure. Unfortunately, people don't set the same kind of concrete foundation for our culture. Yeah, God's created us in His image and His likeness. Therefore, we have the ability to think, to make judgments. We know right and wrong. And we know that we did not create ourselves. Amen. Creation tells us. Mm-hmm. Conscience tells us. History tells us. And so you must work against that. You must callous your mind, your conscience, harden your heart against all the evidence around you. Amen. When you are aware that you are created by God, in whatever form you might, let's just say, not even biblically accurate. If you believe that there's a supreme being, then you believe that you're accountable to him and that one day you will have to give an account for everything you've done. And that if you do evil, you will be judged by that. And when that happens, that is good for the world and society. Amen. Amen. When you believe that you are just a, a matter of chance mm-hmm. of this godly goop that just exploded <laughs> the big bang theory that has only exists in the mind of morons um then you're not accountable to anybody yeah. so i'm just an extension of the animal kingdom and therefore it's the only the strong survive Amen. and the shift in, in human culture especially in the west is it's not a thing that's happening of its own initiative or by accident, it's being orchestrated by powerful players in the international right. world trying to, they really feel like it's their responsibility to eliminate any connection to a biblical perspective. Right. They're working for that. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, they, they can't, they, they cannot afford that type of dialogue. They can't. Amen. Now, having said all that, moving into this humanism and all this uh, existentialism and and uh, focus on self mm-hmm. um, people do come together to help others uh, philanthropists and, and you know yeah. and they're compassionate and, and they give so they want to um, gather around and unite under the banner of love and being compassionate and to help others there's a phrase, if you take any airplane right now, it says, be more human. There's this whole push of humanism. The problem is humanism. We're evil. Um, our heart is evil. Yes. We do have a bent. We have a potential for good because creating the image likes of God. 
But when men focus the goodness of what they do to themselves, it's a denial of every evidence around them mm -hmm. presently in history past. So they, they do become compassionate apart from God, but they take the glory. In Christianity, we help because we love God and God loved us, and we give God the glory because we know we're going to have to be accountable one day. There's a big difference. Mm -hmm. That's huge. If you just turned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple, the weekly radio talk show of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, with Pastor Xavier Reese. And we'll be right back with you after these messages. We begin our character studies of different individuals of the Bible, and what better place than Adam? There are many women in the scriptures who are models of virtue and the grace of God, and certainly Abigail is one of them high on the list. Pastor Xavier Reese presents the significant people of scripture with his character studies of the Bible series, now available in MP3 audio format on a USB flash drive. This PC or Mac compatible flash drive contains 169 messages in all, highlighting various figures throughout the Old and New Testaments. We want to begin our study of Mary by looking at the Annunciation. Our character study is Pontius Pilate. Tonight we'll be looking at Paul. From Adam and Eve to the Twelve Apostles and many, many more, Pastor Xavier Reese's character studies of the Bible USB flash drive makes a great study tool for the new believer and a perfect reference guide for the whole church. Get yours at the online store at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. That's the Character Studies of the Bible USB flash drive at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. The mission of Calvary Chapel Pasadena Women's Ministry is to encourage and strengthen the women of the body in the word of the Lord so that they might endure life's trials in His power and strength. And the instruction of God's Word to women by women plays such an important role in the church body. That's why we're blessed to make available the Women's Bible Studies Flash Drive. It's an audio compilation featuring past Bible studies from the Calvary Chapel Pasadena Women's Ministry. Loaded onto a reusable USB flash drive, you're able to hear the teachings from your home computer or take them with you on your mobile device. Included are women's Bible study teaching series such as Characteristics of a Godly Woman and Lessons Learned from Women of the Old and New Testament, book studies from the Psalms, the Gospels, and many, many more enclosed together on the Women's Bible Studies flash drive. Look for it in the audio messages section of our online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, Addressing Issues of Consequence for the Church, hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. And you are here with us, Keep It Simple, with Pastor Xavier Reese. We're uh, the weekly radio talk show here on the Simple Truths Radio Network. We wanted to mention that there have been some uh, little changes and additions to uh, the, the uh, uh, live broadcast situation on the Simple Truths Radio Network. John, can you tell us a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, like you said, some uh, new uh, um, improvements and additions to the station. We are now broadcasting Sunday evening service live at Calvary Chapel Pasadena. And that actually started this last Sunday night. It's at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's been added to the weekly schedule. So if you go to calvarychapelpasadena.com slash radio, uh, you'll see that it's part of the schedule as well as um, Pastor Xavier's character studies of the Bible. That was recently added as well to the weekly. Uh, so we're actually, Pastor X, we're now broadcasting three live 
uh, studies every every single week. Right, we Sunday are morning, Sunday evening, and midweek Thursday. Yeah, and I guess the fourth would be this talk show. So right. a total of four, four live, live hours. Yeah. yeah. Although I'd say the Bible studies are probably more alive than the talk show. Oh, <laughs> alive! <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's there's the, all all of our services are broadcasted yeah. live here from Calvary Pasadena, and then there's the fourth live hour, which is the talk now, show. Now we're all kind of excited about this new mm-hmm. series that you're doing on Thursday nights. What about? Can you tell us a little bit about that for the radio listeners? Yeah, you know, through the past 37, 38 years that we've been here as a, a church, um, you know, you cover the Bible verse by verse, and then uh, the, the in-depth studies in each book and other things. Um, and then, you know, as a pastor, you're looking to how can I approach the Bible a little different to add to what we've already done. And again, we moved into the character studies. Right. And I figure, well, I'll just do a few character studies before I start another book. And we just started from, I started from Genesis, just picked characters, and we moved all the way through. And um, I don't know how many there are, maybe 200. Just under 200. Under yeah. 200. And uh, so we covered the whole Bible in terms of characters like that. And now with the topic, what about? So we're taking things, and I'm kind of moving in the same direction. I always like to begin in Genesis and move forward because Genesis is the foundation. Mm-hmm. The first 12 chapters are the most important. If There's nothing new added after those first 12 chapters. Everything that is in the Bible was in the first 12 chapters. And the promise of the redemption, the judgment, the first, second coming, everything is there. And so it's very important you begin, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's the foundation. And we move from there, and what about angels, what about creation, what about, and we pick up different things. What about what took them, what about the rapture, what about Satan's attack? All these questions that um, the Bible answers um, about what goes on in our lives and here in this world and how um, things are going on with God's uh, control of everything. Amen. And you can tune in to Pastor Xavier's new What About series live on Simple Truth Radio Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So Amen. we can hear that live, yeah. Yes. And the Lord wants us to be equipped. Yes, absolutely. To, have, to be able to share with others as well. This morning we're trying to equip ourselves with a perspective concerning short-term missions ministry. We have with us in the studio our brother Eric Roeg and our sister Rebecca Volos, who are both uh, preparing this week. I imagine you're both pretty busy this week. <laughs> I'm, I didn't give you much warning to come in and be on the broadcast, but I'm really grateful you were able to come in. Yeah, thank you. Uh, as they are, uh, they're going to be going to the Philippines this coming Sunday. We mentioned that you guys are going to be gone for two weeks, and that's that's pretty lengthy time. And I know both of you work for a living. How does that work out for you? Are there other complications in you being able to put that together? To well, I work uh, independently, so it's a little bit easier for me. And okay. uh, I just so you, you do consulting. I do consulting, okay. computer yeah. work, and stuff like that. And uh, so I rearrange my schedule. And I'm a single guy as well, so I have very few responsibilities. So yeah. it's, I just have to take care of myself. So um, for the most part, it's not too complicated. You know, you kind of just plan ahead and and prepare, and you know, you do a lot of prayer. And and I ask a lot of people to pray for us as well. Amen. And so. Now, but you, you have a real nine-to-five job. You actually have to show up somewhere, right, yeah, Rebecca? Yeah, I do, yeah. And the, the great thing that Florida is blessing me with is a job where I actually work with people from the church. And yeah. people that have done missions, Jesse actually went with us to the Philippines last year. 
And so um, they're working with me to get the two weeks off. They're going to fill in. Do they're also they probably like the nicest people in the whole world yes. you work for, <laughs> too. I mean, if you know, I'd hate to see Jesse mad, but I, he, other than that, he's about the nicest guy I've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's interesting is sometimes uh, people uh, who are believers will get involved in missions and they'll... Uh, They'll make a plan two, three times a year to go on missions, mm -hmm. and and they may work a secular job with secular um, employers and that. And um, many times the response is, "Why? Why do you want to do that?" Yes. What? Two weeks? That that's your whole vacation <laughs> for the year, and you're gonna go give it to them? And they, if, what's the matter with you? I know. <laughs> it's it's really shocking. You know what I mean? Because of, again, from the perspective, we're born again. We understand that God is directing us. Now, sometimes people in missions, they, they maybe they're first born again, or they've been in the Lord for a few years, and there's an opportunity, and they'll say, "Well, you know, I think I'll, I'll, I'll go and see what happens." They pray and they go, and they'll go to the mission field, and they'll find out that really missions is not for them, and that's good. Amen. It's a lot easier to steer a moving object than one that sits still. Sometimes God will speak to people say, you know, I'm going to use your missions. You're going to be a teacher. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. But often, more than the exception, is that you begin to walk with Christ and you get involved and you're moving and you're asking the Lord directions and you go here. He closes the door. And, but He directs you through those open and closed doors to where you understand, this is my calling. This is what God wants me to do. And that's a great place when people get there. But there's a process, um, you know, it's very important. Yeah, speaking of, uh, you know, people not understanding why you would want to go on a mission trip, uh, my friend and I, last year, we went to Houston for a week and did some relief work there, and when his brother found out he was going to go, he called him and just flipped out on him, and, and, and with good intentions, yeah. but why would you want to go, you know, there's, you know, it's dangerous, and this and that, and he just couldn't understand yeah. it. Yeah, what are you thinking? Yeah, yeah, and and my friend who, this was actually his first mission trip he ever went on, you know, mm -hmm. he felt God opening the door, and, and yeah, and his brother just could not understand why yeah. he would want to go to Houston right after a hurricane. Yeah. And Some people actually get angry with you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they get angry. Yeah. I mean, they just go crazy oh, yeah. that you would even want to do that. And his brother kind of kind of did that, yeah. It's Oops. unreal. Yeah. We have actually two of the ladies who are going on this trip to the Philippines are two sisters who work at a small private school. And these ladies are, are in my mind, two of the most gifted people in ministering to children that I have ever met in my life. And... I've spoken with them about the fact that when they leave, when they leave the school where they're employed, difficult things happen at that school. Yeah. Thing, things go haywire there when they're not there because they're kind of a... Very effective. It's a secular institution and they're kind of a spiritual covering in that yeah. place. And I was totally amazed that they're... they're uh, the people they worked for were open to allowing them to both leave at the same time for two weeks. Yeah. So we're going to be praying yeah. for that school yeah. and yeah. for not, not to mention everybody else who's going. You know, Pastor X, I'm glad that you mentioned it's not reasonable to expect that everybody should be able to do an activity like this. Yeah. It's, it's not really the Lord's plan. Therefore, you know, Paul gives a great illustration of a human body. You know, you have hands, feet, your body is composed of many parts. Um, not everybody's a hand, not everybody's a foot. Um, but the foot cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. 
And so, um, you know, there's an axiom in geometry that says the, um, the sum of its parts is equal to the whole, and no part is greater than the whole. Mm-hmm. And it's very ac- accurate to the Church of Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, no one um, is a duplicate of someone else. No one is the same part as someone else exactly. Mm-hmm. But yet God will call you directly, gift you, and enable you to do that, because God never calls without enabling and yet we don't compare ourselves, or we should not. doesn't mean that we won't have a tendency because of our human nature. Yeah. But we have to continue to remember and, and, and walk with the Lord that we, we are um, members of one another. We are there to complement and supplement one another, not to compete. Um, the body has many members. Um, none of them can be replaced in terms of what God has called them to do. Someone else can come and maybe God moves this person on and they can take over that but but what God has called you individually to do whether it be at this church or someone other church where God takes you that's for you um, we are God's workmanship handiwork uh, the word poem comes from that in Ephesians 2.10 created in Christ Jesus that we might walk in these good works doesn't mean we will that as we seek him and Ask him for direction and prayer that he will direct that we will obey and we will fill in those gaps where that he has for uh-huh. us. Amen. Very important. You know, especially with regard to this particular area, uh, there's an attitude, as Pastor X has mentioned, an attitude of service. And you really do need, and I know both of you guys are familiar because you've been there, you need to have that humble attitude of a servant when you go because there's going to just be, uh, it's going to be crucial to you being able to do the work that God has called you to do. When you see people who haven't been involved in this aspect of ministry before, you, you kind of see that process of them being able to learn that? Sometimes, I guess, I try to observe uh, everyone when they're serving, but when we work together and you see the Lord working effectively as a team, mm-hmm. and you see everybody kind of stepping up, then you, you see that's pretty amazing. You see the Lord working in spite of our differences or in yeah. spite of mm-hmm. the fact that we don't have all the same talents. And you all get to be examples to one another, too. You see everybody else stepping up and serving and lending their efforts. And even though, like, for instance, we're talking about your first day, you guys are going to be very, you have, will have flown for 20 hours and then you hit the ground and you still have to take further flights and you have work to do. And so it's going to be tough on everybody. But, you know, the Lord will, Lord will bless. He'll show up and he'll allow you and enable you guys to do the things that you need to do. You know, we're, we're so grateful here at the church for the partners that the Lord has raised up for us in ministry. In the Philippines, particularly, we have a, a family in the church yeah. who also have a residence in Manila. And they are healthcare providers and they really have kind of uh, gone before us and made it possible for this ministry to work in the way that it does. And wherever we do short-term missions ministry in Mexico, uh, in Colombia, and other places that we travel to, you have to have, God has to set up beforehand, you know, like you said, those good works that you should work in. All those issues are a part of the same the, the process that the Lord puts us because you know we wouldn't be able to do the work without without the people yeah. and so we want to keep them in prayer and there are other people actually as you guys go to Bacalod there's a whole church there that we haven't met we don't know the people and we're going kind of through our contact with uh, Pastor Lido the Calvary Chapel pastor in Manila 
you know, as you guys approach this opportunity, and again, it's all about service. Um, you're looking to be a benefit to the Philippine people, also to your team members. How practically is it? Do you do you bring that benefit back to people in the church here? How does that work? Any ideas? That's a good tough question. <laughs> um, well, well, I know it's when, not on the top of your list right now. Anyway, <laughs> that's a couple of weeks away. Yeah. No, I know at least for me when I when all the preparation goes into place, I know a lot yes. of people here at the church do a lot of work on our behalf, and uh, and to me that just speaks volumes of how people are servants. They don't have to go. They can just they do so much here already, and then and then a lot of people pray for us. And uh, every time I go on these trips, I just I just really I tell people I appreciate your prayers. That's all I really yes. want. Yeah. If, if anything is just your prayers, prayers for our safety, prayers for our good dynamics, to everyone to get along, and prayers for ultimately for the Lord's word to go out. You know, whether it's to these yeah. kids or to the women's prison or anywhere else. So yeah, I know the first time that uh, we went to the Philippines my wife didn't have enough eligibility on her passport to get in the country. And uh, she, her passport was only going to be good for about 30 days after we left. And technically, the rule is you have to have six months. And so they grabbed her out of line in immigration and put her in a little room. And uh, we were, and people don't realize when we ask for prayer, we're not kidding. I mean, we, we need prayer. There are issues every single day where there is serious opposition. And God just shows up in, in the most amazing ways. And how important that is for, for not only for this particular issue, we do ask for people to pray for you guys, but everything that we do in ministry, you know, it works by prayer. Yeah. Very important. But also when you guys come back too, and I know you both experienced that when you come back from the mission field and you're sharing with people what God has done or they ask you questions. And that God uses that to encourage others in the work of God or to affirm the goodness of God and what He's done. You know I mean, and God, in a way that we don't always understand the connection, um, they may share it with us, you know, because you said this to me and we're aware of it. But there are many times <clears throat> in conversation that God is dealing with a person's heart and they say nothing. And then maybe years later, you know, when you came back from that trip, you remember when you spoke to me and you were sharing and they started sharing what God began to do in their heart. Mm -hmm. So again, God is sovereign. He's so great. He does so many things. He says if we will be his church and we will be obedient, if we will each do what he's called us to do, it will all work out for his glory. It will all work out for the edification of the church for every person in the body. You know? And it's just through the years of ministry as a uh, you know, as fast as it's gone, just uh, 44 years, just so fast. And yet, looking back and seeing all the different things, you see the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, and that He's so in control of everything. And yet that control is never forcefully. He doesn't force people to go. He doesn't force people to do things. But He does call and enable them and sends them so that he works through them. But it's always a response to God. He never forces anybody to do anything. He's a perfect gentleman. Amen. One of the ways we also expect you guys to impact the body is that, see, we believe, we have this crazy idea that God is going to change you during this trip, that you're going to come back in some way as a different person than you were when you left. And then that is another way that God impacts the body. 
and you know, I know you folks are involved in all kinds of ministry here in Pasadena when you're here. You know, this short-term trip, this is not all that you do. Eric, what do you do week to week in the church here in Pasadena? I serve with uh, the kids' ministry. Okay, so, so you do children's week. ministry, mm-hmm. you're involved with them. Uh, Rebecca, do you have any uh, particular responsibilities week to week here? Uh, right now I'm just involved with missions, so uh, whenever the opportunity arises. So you're going to Mexico pretty regularly, though. Yes, yeah, sometimes during the summer it's every week. So yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah. absolutely. Both of you guys are involved in that Mexico ministry. You've gone down quite a few times, haven't you, Eric? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? How did that come together? And the reason I ask is because... We really didn't have anything to do with it. You guys are involved with about six or eight different people that go down to Mexico and you have a ministry at a hospital down there. You're ministering at orphanages and doing vacation Bible school in Acapulco and also in in uh, San Felipe and other places. And and uh, it, it, the, we're really pretty excited about it because it just sort of sprang up out of nowhere and God is just blessing it. How did that happen for you guys? Well, there's a, a young lady who goes to our church, her name's Lily, and she uh, would serve in Mexico with local churches down there on her own with people over there, and she'd go to our church, and then she knew a brother at a church named George, okay. and a lot of us who knew George independently of each other, and so... And lived to tell about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't want to all admit we knew George, so... No, but, uh, no, it was cool. It's me how the Lord brought us all together, because at one point over time, you know, we all got to know each other, and we saw that Lily was wanting to do these mission trips to Mexico, uh-huh. and we had people from the state to want to go with So her. now, does she invite you, or just invite yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I met Lily at a missions conference. You did. She was in the same room as me, and I had been... It's the long story, but... Boy, I that's been, the Lord, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, praying about moving to Pasadena and all this stuff, but um, I was involved a lot of missions before at my other church, and so moving here, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do as much missions, and I ended up... I'm doing more missions now than I did before. <laughs> yeah. There's, again, an example that I was talking about, just talking with some of the connections. The God puts the connections. You remember Nehemiah? <clears throat> he was a king's cupbearer, and um, this is after the captivity. And he um, he sees one of his brethren, and some believe that it's an actual brother, be it so or not, doesn't matter. Uh, and they get in conversation, you know, hey, how was your trip? Because he had gone back to Jerusalem, and he said, oh, you know, the, the gates are burnt down, the walls are all dilapidated, oh, it's just bad, and all that. And God began to work in the heart of Nehemiah through that normal, natural conversation in that historical time. So key. And he began to lift his heart to the Lord. And he's a cupbearer and says, Lord, you're going to have to. And he prays to the Lord. And God prepared the king's heart to give him not only the decree, permission to go, but the, 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 the all the materials, the letters, all of that. God puts it together. He has it, and that's the incredible thing. Um, if men and women can keep away from attempting to control or get the glory for what God does, yeah. if they can just flow and obey God, it would be the greatest thing. Amen. That's one of our challenges. Yeah. You know, and not that I, where people get the idea that they deserve credit for what God does. That's the amazing thing to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rebecca, I have to ask you guys are taking off for two weeks and you have a life here at home. Any special concerns that you need prayer for here in the States while you're gone? Um, just 
a lot of family issues. Um, my dad was just recently diagnosed with Parkinson's mm. and I'm not around to help out, but um, we're just trusting the Lord. I know the Lord's going to take care of them. And is your dad a believer? Yes, my family. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Lord. So, yeah, there's a lot of peace with me going. They've always supported, my parents have always supported me in going in missions. So, um, yeah. Well, we will certainly lift that up. Yes. What about you, Eric? Any particular issues you want us to pray for while you're out of town? Um, just, uh, well, I just pray for us over there in the Philippines. You know, Amen. And I pray for my family here and my friends here. Uh, I know my family's praying for my safety and for me to yes. come back. Um, but uh, we just pray for all of us. You know, like you said, there was like, I think, 15 or 14 of us going together, 18 of us total, uh, for all of us to get along and, yeah. and, and to put others' needs before our yes. own. Amen. And that can be hard for me sometimes, you know, and, and to put others before me. And uh, It's a challenge. Yeah. You get over there, you're tired, you're a little grumpy, you haven't <laughs> eaten for six hours. You know, I mean, hey, yeah. you know, what's the problem here? What's going on? Yeah. Folks, we really want to thank you guys for taking the opportunity to be here with us today. This is a busy week for you. Thanks for being here. And just encourage people out there, if you're listening to our broadcast today, we'll try and put some information. We have a prayer list. We'll put it on the website, make it available. And you can lift up the individual prayer needs. Uh, the team will be gone to the Philippines from January 14th all the way through the 29th. And then they will be returning, and you might want to keep them in prayer a few days after that as they're trying to get reacclimated and get their sea legs under them and get past uh, uh, the uh, whole aspect of, of uh, whatever happens to you when you, what do they call that? Jet lag. Thank you, John. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing worse than being on the radio and losing your vocabulary. Yeah, nice to with the old people. <laughs> God is so good. Wish I had advice on jet lag, but I know. <laughs> well, there, you know, simple things. Drink a lot of water. Yeah. yeah. You know, and yeah. fortunately for these guys, they're leaving at 1130 at night, and they're going to have be able to sleep yeah. on the jet. That's yeah. very nice. That's that good. helps. That helps. All right, Rebecca, thank you very much for coming. I really appreciate it. We'll be praying for you guys, and look forward to hearing just see what God's going to be doing. All right. Amen. And for the rest of you out there, we encourage you to pray as well. And uh, take advantage of the resources available to us here on the Simple Truths Radio Network. You can get the schedule at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com, the church's website. And we encourage you to tune in and take advantage. Pastor Chuck Smith's teaching throughout the day. Pastor Xavier in English and in Spanish. Yes. The women's ministry teachings available on the radio. Yep. And then, of course, the live broadcast as we've detailed them for you here today. And music as well. Music, music as well. Music yeah, hours. That's not enough. We have a lot of resources. And, of course, if you go to the Calvary Chapel Pasadena website, you can download for free the vast majority, well over a thousand Bible studies with, in many cases, the study notes on a PDF format of Pastor Xavier a lot of resources available, folks. And so if you're a student of the Bible, you're studying the Bible, or you want to encourage people to, the uh, Simple Truths Radio Network is a great opportunity. The Calvary Chapel Pasadena website is a great open door. And, you know, shoot us an email or a Facebook message. If uh, you haven't liked us on Facebook, it's at Simple Truths Radio. Um, send us a message or an email and give us just feedback. What do you think of the, the show or the station in general? Any testimonies or you know, stories of God working, and we'll read it over the air. And we also have an Instagram account, don't we, John? We do, at Simple Juice Radio as well, is, is our Instagram account. So Absolutely. message us there as well. 
Great. So you get updates. And uh, the podcasts are available. You can get information about those. CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Folks, thanks for tuning in. And we encourage you, wherever you are in the world, the Lord bless your efforts. Remember to keep it simple. been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.